0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Journey Now, produced by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, visit JourneyTN.com.
1: Welcome to another Journey Now podcast. This is Kevin, and we're coming to you from the illustrious building on the corner of Wilson Pike and Moores Lane. And it is so good to see my two friends, longtime friends, Susie and Mike. And we are back to discussing the Upside Down Kingdom from the book of Matthew. And we have been in this topic of which has been affectionately moved into this whole new idea of a word named Crino. And if I could ask my friend Mike to explain the word Crino real quick, and and then we can have a little bit of a discussion around how this actually impacts some of the other interpretations around that particular, Passage.
2: Yeah, krino is just the word for judgment, and mm-hmm. it means to separate, to distinguish, to appraise. How do you and, spell it? And it's used, um, well, you transliterate it, K-R-I-N-O. It's a Greek word? It is a Greek word, absolutely. And so, um, and it's used in two different senses. The bad sense of krino is, is a judgment that leads to uh, condemning and to condemnation. It's the separation of people into categories and labels. Um, the good Crino was something we'd call discernment or wisdom is the separation of things, mm-hmm. not people, so there are ways of living that are aligned with the kingdom, ways of living that are not and Jesus actually encourages the use of good crenos, and uh the Bible does in other places as well, but it's the bad Crino that um we so easily fall into the mm-hmm. the seeing. Uh, observable behavior of somebody and then rendering a verdict about their worth, their identity.
0: Being Uh, set apart because I'm holy.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) both both (laughs) forms of crino can come from self-righteousness. Absolutely. And Mm. that's where Jesus, like we can think we're doing good crino, but if we're placing ourselves above another, Mm -hmm. um, that's the bad sort of crino all the way around. Doesn't matter if you dress it up in religious language or not.
1: So when we say to somebody, don't judge, or don't, uh, that seems to be part of the um, more recent mantra around the church is, y- you can't judge me. There's no judgment. I remember, you know, talking to my kids when they were little, as a parent, and uh, actually having my daughter had her have her hand on her hip when she was probably about five. <laughs> you can't judge me. We
0: can picture this. You yeah. can't. Oh, yeah. yeah. And
1: <laughs> there's no, ju- you can't judge me. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Ah, uh, mm, I'm your dad. Right. <laughs> it's my job, right. right? But there's a there is a um, a bit of a um, backlash to this idea of judgment in the church, and it's I think it's kind of what's led us down some of the paths we find ourselves in uh, culturally, currently, and the condition of the church.
0: A backlash like like the church is not wanting to judge, or the, or the church is like. 'Cause
1: the church yeah, not that. wanting to judge and and um and oftentimes using shame as a motivator or a manipulation, and this is where those words all kind of start mm-hmm. getting intertwined and messy a little bit in this in this um idea or circle of of Krino. And you're looking at the computer, everything okay over there? Yeah, I'm just Okay. So with that, Mike uh, you, you actually brought up the idea of manipulation or mm-hmm. um, using our words in such a way to get people to comply. Um, rather than just being overtly judgmental, we do it in a backhanded kind of way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and oftentimes, like and what I was referring to earlier in this statement of the church just finds itself kind of in this place where now it's starting to turn in and actually look at some of the stuff that's happened in the church and starting to figure out how to actually exercise good crino rather than bad, mm-hmm. and so can you can you just speak to this idea a little bit of how manipulation finds its way into judgment?
2: Well, I mean, Jesus is dealing with the way that image bearers are to deal with each other, particularly in the community of faith, and we uh, he outlaws. Um, condemnation is a strategy for helping people because it boomerangs back. Right, you cannot right. judge somebody and love them, and in our judgment of them, they will simply judge us back using the same measure, and we, you know, turn out to be the hypocrite that we already were. But now that's exposed. <laughs> right. Uh, but but the surprising thing is that the good crino can mm-hmm. boomerang too. And so Jesus gets into this statement about, "Do not give our sacred things to you know pigs and dogs." and that has less to do with how worthy pigs or dogs are of our sacred things, and more to do with the fact that, in, in, in context, our sacred things aren't helpful to pigs and dogs, and that boomerangs back on us too. And so we were introducing the idea that even if we have a good krina, we've appraised and we've separated and we're not condemning the person, but we can see so clearly something they need to do to fix themselves, there are contexts where that is totally appropriate and helpful, and then there are contexts where it's not. And it doesn't matter how accurate our crinoing is, it's still not good crino mm-hmm. if it is used in a manipulative or pushy kind of way.
1: Right. And and we've often and and this bleeds over into that next verse where I think you kind of blew a lot of people's minds on on what we've always assumed was a part of the context of prayer. Mm. When in reality, it is more in the context of judgment. And that is to, to ask first, to seek permission, to... Um, I'm trying... I'm, keep, on I'm, I'm, keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. That's what it is. Knock, we, knock,
0: we, knocking on heaven's door.
1: Yes. No, that's oh. also different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> but hey. Um, and And for some people, that was a little of unnerving a little uh deconstructing went on for lack of a better term because contextually it fits with this idea of our relationships with one another Mm -hmm. it is better to lead with an inquiry of question than it is to lead with a statement of judgment
2: yeah so instead of condemning or instead of pushing our good things the the postures invite right ask yeah, uh, and and that keeps you from manipulation as well. Well, you can ask in manipulative ways, of course, right? You we've all been mm-hmm. asked set things, them, set them up that yeah. we know there are hooks attached to you know our response. Sure. Um, but Jesus is portraying the the law of the request, which is a Willard Dallas Willard phrase, huh. which is that is the predominant dynamic of the kingdom. That with God, we don't try to manipulate. But we ask, and, and so too with other image bearers. That's the point. We put, place ourselves as equals when we ask, as opposed to superiors mm-hmm. when we judge or push.
1: Right. Which leads us to this a little bit of what the prompt was on Sunday. I think it leads us to that prompt, where you said, you know, what are we willing to pursue or put, put above? Lit, being Christian or living as the uh, of the way of Jesus to pursue or to... Um,
0: to stop being Christian. Christian. Like what am I willing to stop being Christian, Christian for? for? So for example, right. if my... I feel like my kids are in jeopardy right. for some reason, whether it's through their education, where they live, and their friendships, I'm willing to forgo my cruciform life that I'm called to, my Jesus-y-ness, yes. in order to protect my children at all costs. Right. So what, what is that thing that right. makes me cross the line from being a, a Jesus person to... To manipulate, to or, manipulate or, or to manipulate or to push in order to control the situation or have my way or see the outcome that I think is best for the whole, even. Yeah.
1: And well said. And how do you see that manifest in church? How do you see that manifest in um, what we see around us? Like, I'm asking you to do good Crino, not bad Crino.
0: You're asking me how I'm seeing it manifested? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You sure you want to ask me? that
1: question? Yeah, I, mean, I can ask Mike. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm I sure, think you know. I think you have ideas. I on do how have
0: ideas, but yeah. I I have to start with the plank, plank. in my own eye. <laughs> I do, well, and there you I go. hate that darn plank. Yeah, because so we have
1: to practice planking.
0: Yes, and so for me, I'll say what I wrote down. Yeah. And you read it when we were writing it. Down.
1: <laughs> did I? You
0: did. Um, you
1: said a lot of times, though. I could have wrote that oh, one. Oh,
0: I could have written every single one of them. But for <laughs> me, I think the thing that really gets underneath my skin is um, the hypocrisy and the inconsistent inconsistencies and the double-mindedness mm-hmm. of my fellow brothers and sisters in christ Uh and so when i see that i go after it and i am not kind Mm. or compassionate and i don't keep in mind that there's a story behind that person i don't think about the fact that they are acting out of a fear that they have or a loss that they've experienced i just go after their Mm. character Mm. now most people think i'm a really nice person so i probably do a lot of this internally in my head but it has come out you sure. know and yeah. and and so I go after those people and in doing so I also practice my own inconsistencies and hypocrisy and yeah and you know what I think is righteous anger I mean you know everybody thinks their anger is righteous
1: nobody gets angry and says that's i like to hope i like to hope it is but i've I've come to the conclusion very seldom is it
0: everybody thinks their anger is righteous in the moment and so um yeah i mean i think for me that's the that's where i struggle is i Mm -hmm. have a really hard time showing hospitality and Mm. and love towards people who i think are hypocritical and yeah um so, so I do. I see it in I see it in our abortion debates. Mm-hmm. I see it in our conversations around race and and mm-hmm. those who are unwilling to have the conversations. Right. And we saw it all through COVID. And I mean, it's there's just and I mean, the politics. Like it's just, yeah. you know, it's for so many of us, politics is more of a, a decision point than the politics of Jesus, the right. American partisan politics. Yeah.
1: yeah, am I willing to set aside my Jesus yes. for yes. my political alignment? And
0: I do the same thing, you know? My husband calls me out on it all the time. God <laughs> bless his heart.
1: <laughs> he's, he's, bless is he getting heart. the speck out of your eye while well, he's, you know? Um, I
0: think it's more like, you know, he's taking the mud from the ground and like smearing <laughs> it all over my eyes. Like, Stop
1: it. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Um, uh, Mike, I, I kind of want to take you back to a moment where you said in one, of, in one of the last three sermons where this has been the primary theme um, is at, at some point um, there has to be some uh, recognition of the capacity of the human being to be inconsistently judgmental or... Uh, consist they can be consistently judgmental but it is this um it seems to be the human condition yes to, to be yeah to be judgment prone and it, i don't know if it's a factor of the fall of man um
0: well yeah i mean compounded, the first confrontation of yeah. sin was yeah the woman you gave me, <laughs> yeah,
1: right? Triangulate, <laughs> triangulate. Yeah, yes, you did this to me. Um, is to blame and to cast dispersion of doubt onto our own sin. But the, I guess where I'm going with this is to to wrestle with this idea of what do we do with this? What do we? Where do we go? What do we? Um, I mean, we're raising the awareness. We're asking the question. Um, where do we go with it? Where do, what do you think? Where does the human heart go with this? To really, Because that's really a lot of the questions I get from people. If you dig down, it's like, well, how do I stop doing this? I do it all the time. And it's almost unconscious.
2: Oh, yeah. It seems, it seems that it always... Almost, yeah, it's our normal. And it, and it could be traced. I mean, that to Susie's point... <laughs> it could be traced to that moment. <laughs> well, I mean, what is the knowledge of the tree of good and evil? There are some... Mm. Scholars I've read who think that, that it's not just that our judgments are bad, but it's the act of judging itself mm. that is what what we embraced. We 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 forcefully entered the rightful domain of God because we want to
1: we want to be the ones that answer the question: What is evil or good? Totally, okay. totally,
2: and define it according to our own you know arbitrary standards, and so. I mean, Susie just actually walked through a great model of how this begins to work because um, is there hypocrisy in the church that needs to be called out? Absolutely. Is there stuff that needs to be said and advocated for and agitated against? And we would say, uh, absolutely, of course. right. But the way that that happens, um if it's done out of a position of superiority, um, that achieves very little if it's done out of a position of co-struggler um, that has the potential to achieve, you know, a lot more. So right, right, for right. me, it's the constant warring against placing myself in a superior position to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what Paul did, I mean, Paul seemed really intentional about the status games of the community he was in. So with the Corinthians, he took on manual labor, though he didn't have to, but that socially Mm -hmm. put him at the kind of the lowest rung. So he was constantly, so he'll refer to himself as a slave in Philippians, which was a a big town about citizenship and Roman citizenship, uh, being an ex-soldier. And um, and so he'll, he'll take that identity upon himself and, um, and play status games that put him at the lowest rung of the ladder uh, in order to avoid the appearance of standing in superiority over another. Mm-hmm. And so I think there are equivalent right. ways we can do that, whether it's, you know, not having and he, to...
1: And he referred to himself as the chief of sinners.
2: Absolutely. And absolutely. so is
1: this, is this kind of, you've also used this phrase, leading with the plank in my eye. Mm-hmm. Or understanding that I, so seeing people actually through the plank. Yeah. Or somehow, and and I think for for most of us, that's that's just a foreign idea.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's true, and that's where community comes in, mm-hmm. right? I mean, all you have to do to learn what your double standards are: uh, get married, <laughs> pay have attention some kids. to what your family says, <laughs> yes, listen to your roommate. I mean, it's it's yeah. like you will <laughs> be exposed. You just can't help but be exposed. Mm-hmm. It is it is what is. Normal um, for us. And so whether or not we de-plank, you know, yep. as you were saying, yep. de-plank. Uh, is a whole different thing. But I think there are intentional disciplines we can cultivate. One of those for me is whenever I'm in a, uh, a room full of people, um, I assume that my sin is the worst sin in the room. I just think, yep. I just not that I'm thinking about sin all the time or whatever. Or but that if,
0: you're being self-deprecating. You're not being a self-deprecating person by doing that.
2: No. No, to me, that's like, yeah. I think that's very real mm-hmm. because I, my sin is the only sin I know from the inside. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so sitting in that posture and recognizing, oh, there's other sin in the room too, but um, I'm in no position to stand over it. Mm-hmm. I am a position to say, invite people into the acts of meaningful repentance that have been helpful for me. Right. But that's an entirely different conversation than me standing over somebody saying, you need to. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, as we all know, right? None right. of us, none of us, react well to the nagging or the condemning of others. None of us do. The best crino, the best response we have to the crino of others, are from those who love us and who are committed to us and have demonstrated that commitment to us over a long period mm-hmm. of time, mm-hmm. and who who crino us very gently, recognizing there are backstories and nuances and extenuating factors that that right. cause us to act in these ways. Right. And so the church is envisioned as a place, right? The first century church was a, a place of 20 or 30 people. It was not a big church right? where this would happen, right? Paul does this all throughout his letter, letters. He starts with, here's who you are, and then Krenos out from that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he not only does the, here's who you are, he will often do the, here's who I am place himself in a lower social setting, and then crino the heck in his, uh, the heck out of his letters um, towards likeness. So there's a place for that, absolutely. We see that as parents. We see that as friends, coworkers, absolutely. The issue becomes how it's done, when it's done, where it's done. Right. And whether it's done with gentleness, with an aim to restore people to the way of Jesus, or to just get them to do what I think they should do. Right. Right. And oftentimes...
1: Those things are cloudy. Right. Yes.
0: Especially, I think, as a parent. Yeah. I mean, I talk to a lot of moms of adult children. Yeah. Who felt like they were shot between the eyeballs <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs>
2: Ugh. You know, oh. I
0: mean, that's really hard. When you think you know what's best for your kid, right? And you... and you might, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's not to deny that, <laughs> you totally. Might.
0: But it's the it, but the way that you go about
1: telling them,
0: telling yeah. them, and uh, and trying right. to coax them into coming to church or mm-hmm. you know right. walking with Jesus, all these really good things, right. That you want for them, but it's it you know where is that coming from, and what's the fear in that, and who who how much are you trusting Jesus in that, and I mean it's it's a lot, it's it hard, is.
2: it really is it hard. Is a but lot. but mm-hmm. you you tap into something yeah. I think that's so good, which is fear. Mm-hmm. That's the driver of totally. all of this. Right, that's what drives our condemnations and our nagging. Right. Yeah. And um, and so that and
0: everything that's going on around us the last couple of years are is driven by fear. Like there's so much fear at the base of it, invoked by it. I mean, it's just. Yeah.
2: It really is, Mm -hmm. and and so for a people who supposedly follow a risen Jesus, and who believe there is this great beautiful story that happens, Mm -hmm. like, like this. Earthly chapter is literally the first yeah. bit of it. Right. Yeah, we get caught up. I mean, we get called out and exposed mm-hmm. as as people who are just as fearful as, as everything else. And I say that as someone who absolutely yeah. um, feels that and has to war against that as well. And so, what I think Jesus has done in the overall flow of the sermon is to try to establish. The beauty and safety of the kingdom of God over against. Because remember, he's just talked about worry, right. and he's just talked about if you treasure mm-hmm. rightly, yeah. you don't have to be anxious. If you treasure the things of the kingdom, like those things are immovable. So it's not surprising he would then jump to an issue that is produced by fear, right? Because if we're treasuring wrongly, it's just super easy, mm-hmm. yeah, to condemn and and try to manipulate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's what we do, yeah. right? Yeah. It's the Im- and, and it happens not only in a sense of trying to manipulate to get other people to do things I want them to do, but it happens in, in my own self image management, right? I'm always trying to portray a certain mask or a certain reality that may not match what's really going on in my heart. So it's, so I may be manipulating that way too. Um, and so it just is, it's a sickness that will never go away. I think fully because we'll never feel fully safe until we're in the kingdom in resurrected bodies. Right. But the, the, the picture of life outside of that cycle is what's so compelling to me. You know, the picture of life that simply says I can receive people the way they are, yep. and if they invite me in, fantastic. I'll have yeah all sorts of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I wait. I await their invitation in the same way I would want to be treated. Right, which is where Susie's where going. Susie's going on Sunday. Yeah. Yep.
1: Well, this is good. This is like one of the last ones we're gonna do on the Upside Down Kingdom. And we are gonna, we'll we'll come back next week with probably a conclusion. So there's probably gonna be one more. Uh, But this has been great. Thank you, Mike, for all your hard work on this. Thank you, Susie. Thanks for uh, the conversation. I think people have really um, felt deeply about this and it has affected lives. And, uh, we're looking forward to what July, July, we have a bunch of guest speakers coming and, and then, uh, we're going to launch into a series on uh, how to read the Bible. So, um, we look forward to ongoing conversations with y'all and, uh, we'll see you next week on Journey Now.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you would share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram story and tag us at journey underscore TN. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app.